0: Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode.
1: Hi, this is Paul Peluso. I'm the editor of Officer Magazine, and I'm joined by Frank Borelli, the editorial director of Officer Media Group. How's it going, Frank? It is going well. Another summer day. Hey, great. Well, we're going to talk about shotguns today and uh, the use of shotguns on patrol and on on duty. And we're going to talk about a shotgun from Mossberg, a shotgun from Caltech. And basically, Frank, if you can kind of share um, what you've written about in the past, and I know you have an article coming up in the August issue of Officer Magazine about the use of uh, shotguns on duty. Um, If you can talk a little bit about you know, your experience with them and what you've seen in the field.
0: Yeah. So, you know, shotguns have been around forever. And I, c- I couldn't even tell you the exact date that somebody invented what first became the shotgun because um, we had blunderbusses 300 years ago. Um, but for my entire law enforcement career, which is pushing 40 years now, the shotgun's been um, a, a mainstay. You know, it's uh, it's been there. You could and, and the versatility is great. And we'll talk more about that. Uh, But, you know, it was not uncommon to see a shotgun either hanging in a window or locked in a gun rack in a patrol car, you know, back in the 70s and the 60s. Uh, For me, it was in the 80s. I bought my first duty shotgun in 1988, uh, and I still have that very same shotgun that I can use on duty today. It's a pump-action shotgun as compared to a semi-auto. Uh, And we can talk about the different actions and loads and everything else. I don't know how you want to go out first, but uh, they've been around forever, Paul. And it's just something I've always had. Um, A lot of agencies are getting away from them today um, in in favor of patrol rifles. And I think that's a huge mistake. But Where do you want to go first with with, uh, models and types and uh, versatility? How do you want to proceed? It's up to you,
1: Frank. Um, If if you want to kind of lead off with some of the some of the traditional models but um also if you want to kind of get into you know have have departments already started getting away from them um you know has that been happening uh in in past years and do you see them I, i guess coming back to them
0: i don't know about the coming back to them there are agencies out here uh you know when the big demand for patrol rifles came out active shooter as we evolved that response protocol, uh, essentially in the year 2000, the Columbine happened in 99, we had to adjust how we did business. Um, a lot of agencies didn't want to have two weapons in a patrol vehicle, they, two long guns. They didn't wanna have the shotgun and a rifle. So they went to the rifle or they authorized the rifle if the officer took out the shotgun. And, and so we gave, up, um, we, we gave up the shotgun and its versatility. Uh, in favor of the patrol rifle and for the individual officer that might not have been a bad thing shotgun was always what we had it's a very dominating weapon um, but if if you're looking at strictly I mean officer can't carry both when he gets out of his car he's got to pick one or the other and shotguns have a very specific purpose uh, say for rabid animals or violent animals um, versus a patrol rifle where you're talking really more about the human predator um, but you know the the typical shotgun that was in the car back then was a pump action uh, 12 gauge with a two and three quarter inch chamber and the beautiful part about it was uh, you could load that that two and three quarter inch chamber would hold slug ammo it would hold double lot ammo it would hold four shot eight shot 12 shot ammo if that's what you needed um And that's not even to mention the dedicated, less lethal shotguns, pump action shotguns. And we see those out there with the neon or blaze orange, what we call furniture, the shoulder stock and the forend. Um, You know, you can load those with beanbag rounds, uh, rubber bullets, strong buck, all this stuff. Um, But they had to be dedicated, less lethal. It's a huge, huge insurance challenge, uh, liability issue if you start trying to to mix the use of your shotgun with less lethal or and uh, lethal and then you don't know what you're loading or what you got in there you know just like the person who pulls a handgun thinks they have a less lethal device and then shoots somebody you can't have your shotgun thinking you have less lethal ammo in it and what you've got is double order or slug uh, so they need to be separated, but you know the the patrol officer today. A lot of agencies are just getting away from the use of the shotgun, unless it's dedicated, less lethal, or it's a breaching tool for SWAT. Um, and it's it's certainly still a good breaching tool to use in a lot of situations. Uh, the agencies that have gotten away from it, some of them have prohibited it. Some of them authorize it if the officer wants to uh, incur their own costs. They want to buy their own shotgun. They want to do the training on their off time. They want to pay for all the ammo so that they can have that capability in their car. And not many officers are willing to do that. They go with, with, with what the agency issues, but for all that, there's some truly dependable, uh, shotguns that have been around 40 years, like, uh, my pump action, 12 gauge, but then you get the, the new ones that are out. Uh, the two, you mentioned, you know, we talk about Mossberg, um, I know uh, Lindsey Birdman is, is just done a review of the 590S and, and we'll be publishing that. And um, Caltech with their KSG is a whole different design. It's a completely new type of, I mean, it's pump action shotgun, 12 gauge, two, three quarter inch chamber. It's got all that, but it's got a dual magazine tube and you can select which one you're feeding out of uh, and it greatly increases your capacity. Um, and and you can put two different kinds of ammo in it. You can put, as the example, double-aught in one tube and slugs in the other tube and select what you want to feed and have available. Um, yeah, they, they, The versatility continues to grow, and I hate to see agencies growing away from it because they're giving up that versatility in favor of a patrol rifle, which does a very specific job, one round at a time, uh, and, and has a limited... Capability when you compare it. I mean, shotguns not going to take out a target at 100 yards uh, without a lot of training and a very specific type of ammo, but you're not going to breach with a rifle. And uh, while you can put down rabid animals or violent animals with a rifle, the overpenetration issues start to become a challenge. And there there are pros and cons and arguments on both sides, but I just don't feel that the shotgun should be taken out of the law enforcement toolbox. Uh, I think it should remain. And uh, I think it it's very versatile if it's used properly.
1: Yeah, and I know that you you talked about Lindsey Birdman's uh, article that's going to be in the July issue of Officer Magazine about the Mossberg 590s uh, Shockwave. And yeah, he talks exactly about that about the versatility um, of them and how get that shotguns in general are you know tried and true for law enforcement um, and also about, like you said, you can put different types of um, ammunition, they they can carry different sizes of am- ammunition um, for different uh, applications. And mm-hmm. if, if you could just one more question about that, and then we can kind of go into the Caltech, because I know that you were at the range the other day with it. Um, but what advantages, I guess, do you think shotguns have over those patrol rifles?
0: Well, so, again, when you look at a patrol rifle, it shoots one caliber of ammo, and um, it's it's a very precise weapon if trained properly and used properly, uh, and certainly your capacity can be great, you know, much greater. Your typical AR-15 used as a patrol rifle, you can have a 30-round uh, box-fed magazine, so you have that 30-round capacity, and with a open sights and the right training, I mean, when I was in the army, we, we were hitting 360 yard targets, uh, man-sized targets with a rifle. Um, so doing 100, 150 yards, and a lot of states today require that qualification out to 100, 150 yards. Uh, but you're still, it's, it's a, while the, the precision's there and the incapacitation capability is there for taking out your human predator, um, you know, with a shotgun, You don't have to be as precise. You can perform different functions with it. That versatility of I can use it for anti-personnel. I can use it for breaching. I can use it, excuse me, for animal control. Um, In a dedicated fashion, I can use it with less lethal munitions. And then the variety of ammunition that you can put in it uh, is just amazing when you look at all of the less lethal options that are out there. Um, all of the different lethal options that are out there, you, you have one weapon that will perform so many different functions in a design that simply hasn't, metallurgy's changed, engineering's changed, but a pump action shotgun with a cross bolt safety or a slide stop safety, they haven't changed much in 50 years. Uh, and that, that's reliability's built into that. So I, I, just, I hate to see them taken out of patrol cars or taken out of armories. I think we need to keep them around.
1: Great. And if you could talk about um, you know, the Caltech and being at the range with it, I guess, how, how did it handle and um, what was your experience with it? So the
0: Caltech KSG uh, is truly a different design in that it ejects out the bottom instead of out the side, and it has dual magazine tubes that hold seven rounds each. So it's a 14 round shotgun. Now, while that makes it heavier than a magazine holding seven rounds, that doesn't make it any heavier. Uh, for instance, when Lindsay was talking about the uh, the 590S, um, you put a side saddle shell holder on it, so you're increasing your capacity on or in the gun. Uh, in his case, you're talking about 13 rounds versus 14 in, in the Keltec, and the ammunition weighs, so that's what we're talking about. You're increasing the weight of the weapon depending on how much ammo you put into it or on it. Um, on my shotgun, I've got a seven-round magazine tube, a 6 shell side saddle holster or holder on the side of the receiver and then i've got six more on my buttstock so i i've got 19 on my gun or in my gun combination um the weight eventually gets to be detrimental especially if you're trying to hold it up on the target for a long time but capacity is a trade-off um with the caltech and I and like i said i really it's an interesting design dual tube magazines so dual tube feed, 14 rounds total in the gun. Uh, Left tube, right tube, you can put different kinds of ammo in them and um, behind the pistol grip, uh, back where the ejection port is, uh, there's a lever. It's a vertical lever and you can move it with your thumb left or right to determine which magazine tube you're feeding out of. So if you've got double odd ammo in your left tube and that's what you wanna feed, you move the lever accordingly. If you've got slugs, in the right tube and you wanna feed that, you move the lever accordingly, and then you work the action, pump action. Uh, Picatinny rail down the top so you can put optics on it or, or regular sights if you want to, um, and it ejects the shells out the bottom. Now, I gotta tell you, uh, nobody, nobody that I know of is a fan of shooting double odd ammo or slug ammo out of a shotgun because there's a lot of recoil. Um, I told you earlier, I've been in the business a long time, almost 40 years. Anybody who does math knows that that means I'm in my late 50s. Um, arthritis and everything else does play a role. And when I fired the Caltech with slug ammo, um, I can't say my shoulder felt real good afterwards. It was, it was, a, it was a little bit of a wake-up call. There's a lot of recoil yeah. there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as Lindsay pointed out, um, with the Mossberg, he could feed Aguila ammo. And I don't know if the Aguila ammo, I didn't test it in the KSG if it did. Uh, Agile ammo is sh- inch shorter. It's one and three quarter inch. You could put a lot more in there if, if it would feed reliably in the KSG. I did not test it with such, um, but the KSG offers you an increased capacity and even an added increased versatility since you can put two different kinds of ammo in it and select which one you want to feed. Yeah, uh, you know, that, that's that's another great option. It's pump action weapon. A lot of people today insist on semi-automatic shotgun. I've never been a fan. Great for competition. Not a hindrance in the field, but I don't see, I mean, do I really need to put out three 12-gauge rounds in a second or in a second and a half? Uh, Can I do it accurately? Can can I control the weapon? I think a pump-action 12-gauge is still optimal for the road. Um, And I think the versatility of that tool with proper training, proper administration, uh, I, I still think it's you. You can't beat it for the versatility in a long gun.
1: Great. Well, Frank, um, my last thing for you here is if you could kind of share a story with us about uh, when you've used a shotgun, either on duty or in training, and and um, and kind of what you can pass along to our
0: listeners. You know, I, I'll share this with you, Paul, and it's uh, it's kind of a scary story about improperly handling a shotgun. Um, that almost cost me big uh, way back in the day I worked for an agency and it and um, we one of the things that was in our patrol area was a, uh, a cemetery and the cemetery had a big mausoleum and the mausoleum had an alarm system and if the alarm went off we had to respond and go check and make sure all the doors were closed and there's something just not right at three in the morning when you're going into a cemetery to walk around and check the mausoleum to make sure not, nobody's broken in because inevitably you're thinking about what if somebody's trying to break out? Um, so the officer I had as backup uh, got out with his shotgun and uh, no objection, uh, appropriate use. Three in the morning, we're in the, in the middle of a, of a cemetery. There's all kinds of animals and stuff around. And if you've got somebody breaking into a, a mausoleum there's something wrong with them. Big, big wrong with them. Um, so I had no problem with the fact that my backup got out his 12 gates um inevitably he did not handle it properly and, and this the, the safety was off and the way he was carrying it uh his finger was on the trigger and we were going up a slight incline approaching the mausoleum and he was behind me and he tripped in a hole or staggered on the, whatever it was he ended oh, no. up oh yeah he he ended up falling forward and and thankfully the weapon was vertically oriented um and uh, the hat that I was wearing at the time was like a Stetson. We, we had called them campaign hats, the agency. They looked like drill sergeant hats. So we had this really wide brim in the back. It was you know three, almost four inches. And when he fell and the weapon, the butt of the weapon hit the ground, his fingers on the trigger, the safety's not on. And he fires a round off this weapon and it blew the hat off my head. There, there were three holes oh, wow. in the rim of the, the hat in the back of my head. And, That's you know, very, call. very... Scary and, uh, and you know, it, it's a wake-up call, and, and rest assured that officer and I had a very intense conversation after that moment, and, and we still had to go check the mausoleum and make sure everything was secured and it was a false alarm. Um, things like that should be trained out. That's that's a failure to train properly. That's a failure to, to, failure to ma- maintain that weapon and control it properly. It's poor firearms discipline. Um, but you know, my goodness, that was 1987. Um, thankfully I haven't been in a situation, anything like that since, um, an example of poor weapons handling and when the weapon can be a liability it's because it's the end user's fault, uh, not the weapon There's nothing wrong with the weapon at all. Um, thankfully I've never had to discharge my shotgun, uh, in a line of duty beyond in training and in training, uh, you know, you shoot everything from eight shot and 12 shot, if you're doing trap or skeet training, um, learning how to track track a target as it's moving to engage it properly, um, slugs and double lot for familiarization and accuracy training. Um, it, it's, it's not fun because shotguns kick. I mean, there's a good amount of recoil there, but you have to be capable and competent with them. Um, I've trained a little bit with them for less lethal use and they're phenomenal tools. Uh, you have to be trained properly with them to use them there. But They make so much stuff. I mean, you can get OC blast 12 gauge rounds for uh, civil defense and civil disturbance purposes. Again, fantastic, fantastic weapon for as bad as my experience was in 1987. That wasn't the shotgun. That was the user. Um, and, and I'd still rather see a shotgun in every patrol car today. Great. Well, great story, Frank. Uh,
1: luckily it turned out okay for you. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think we're good for today. And um, again, thanks for all of our listeners for uh, tuning into this episode of the Officer, uh, Officer Roll Call Podcast. And if you guys have any questions for us, anything that you want us to cover, or anything you want to add, uh, you can reach out to us at editors at officer.com. That's editors at officer.com. And is there anything else you want to add, Frank?
0: Nope, I'm good to go. Thank you very much to all the listeners. I want them to stay safe. Thank you for listening to this episode of Officer Roll Call. Be sure to check back every two weeks for a new episode. Stay safe.